Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. These words are written in red, reminding us that these are the words of Jesus. He instructs us, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Prayer matters. It changes things. Amen? We as Christians, we come to prayer with a particular confidence. Look at 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I want you to see these verses with your own eyes tonight. 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to look in verse number 14. These are the verses we oft hear Pastor Lewis quote. Love these verses. 1 John 5. Beginning in verse 14, the Bible says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. And so we come because prayer matters, it changes things. We come with a confidence because we know that he hears us. And when we ask according to his will, he answers us. You remember the promise that Jesus gave in in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19 where if any two of us agree here on the earth, what did did Jesus say? That, That the Father would hear and answer. Church prayer is essential and prayer is impactful for a church. And one of the One of the burdens that I have as a Christian and as a pastor is I feel challenged to deepen our prayer list. It's not that we shouldn't pray for physical things. Paul prayed for physical things. He had a thorn in the flesh. And Paul said, I prayed three times that God would remove that thing from me. It's not that we shouldn't pray for physical things, but physical things shouldn't be all we pray for. That's what I'm saying. But if you look at the average church prayer list, we have it a little bit backwards today. And so I'm I'm challenged. And one of the things that I am studying, and in turn we're studying together, is Paul's prayers for the local churches that he was writing to. Because here's the thing. The things that Paul was praying for them about, they needed those things as a church. I'm going to tell you, we need a lot of those things too. And if it was good enough for Paul to pray for, chances are it's good enough to be on my prayer list as well. And so tonight, I ask us, if we could, to be pushed to deeper things, to be pushed beyond our flesh and add a few things from Paul's inspired prayer list to our church prayer list as well. So Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to be. And we are examining Paul's prayer here for the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to start in verse 13, read to verse 16, and that's where we're going to park for tonight. The Bible says, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is for your glory. He said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Would you read verse 16 in unison with me? 
that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. A couple of things tonight from this verse that I think we could add to our church prayer list as well. Number one is an inward focus. Number one is an inward focus. We're going to kind of take verse 16 and work our way backwards through it. You'll notice what he says there at the end of the verse that he desires that we be strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? Where does he desire that we be strengthened in where? In the inner man. Paul's prayer focus was on the inner man. This is man's essence. This is our inward consciousness. Peter called it the hidden man of the heart. Now, it wasn't that Paul didn't have outside problems to pray for. There were outside problems to pray for. Verse 13, the verse we started with, he said, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations. In other words, there were some things going on in Paul's life that had unsettled the church at Ephesus. There were struggles and there were pressures and there were problems and there were issues. But Paul wasn't nearly as concerned about what was going on around the believers, or even what was happening to the believers, as he was concerned about what was going on within the believers. By the way, that's a consistent spiritual principle. God also values the inner above the outer. That's why we're admonished in Proverbs, Proverbs 4, verse 23, turn there if you would. Proverbs 4 and verse 23, I almost looked at the screen, but it's not on the screens tonight. Proverbs 4, verse 23, it's good to turn in our Bibles, amen? There the writer of Proverbs admonishes us this, keep, guard thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So it's not the outward that we're keeping and guarding and monitoring and watching. No, what is it? It is the inside because the inner is far more important than the outer. Look what Jesus told the Pharisees. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 26. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 26. And yes, I have just as many scriptures tonight as I ever do. Because just because we have to turn to it doesn't mean we stop using the Bible. Matthew 23 and verse number 26. This is what Jesus told the Pharisees. Again, it's written in red to remind us Jesus said these words. He said, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. In other words, Jesus was drawing an analogy and said that they were were cups or platters that looked good on the outside but filthy on the inside. Jesus said, no, no, no. It is far more important that the cup be clean on the inside than it is on the outside. This is a consistent spiritual principle that God values the inner above the outer. It's a principle. The inner, the inward, is greater than the outer or the outward. So how does this translate to our prayer life? It reminds us that the greatest need we face is not the hard around us. And I don't, I don't want to minimize that. Life is hard. Life is hard. Relationships are hard. 
Jobs are hard. Money is hard. Circumstances is hard. Sometimes the weather's hard. It is Ohio after all. Life is hard. I don't mean to minimize that. But the greatest needs we face is not the heart around us. It's the heart within us. And you wonder, what if we ask God to change what's within us as much as we change God to change, ask God to change what's around us? I'm going to say that again because I was all over the place on that. What a difference it would make if we spent as much time asking God to change what's within us as we spent asking God to change what's around us. Spiritually, let me ask you this. What does the content of my prayer list reflect about my life's priorities? What does the content of my prayer list reflect about my life's priorities? You know, principles and priorities are different things. We can acknowledge that's a true principle and yet live lives that are totally divergent from what we claim the principle is. So what does my prayer list then say about my life's priorities? You know, church... We need to have spiritually grown-up priorities. You know, children don't appreciate, they don't have the right priorities. I saw something, and I liked it. It got me me thinking, you know what? Children just don't appreciate the good things in life. Honestly, if somebody fixed me two hot dogs, told me to go take a bath and go to bed early, that would be a great night, amen? That would be like the greatest thing ever. Yet my children have never once appreciated the notion. Man, you bring that over to the spiritual side. You know, what, what if we, what if our priorities in prayer, and what if they were more grown up? What if they more aligned with the inward being greater than the outward? I've said it before. What if we spent more time praying to keep sinners out of hell as we pray keeping saints out of heaven? Lord, heal brother so-and-so. Lord, heal sister so-and-so. Lord, so-and-so. I'm going to tell you, that's great. That's good. That's wonderful. But I mean, when's the last time that a lost person's name has been on our prayer list? I don't want to offend anybody. Boy, something tells me if they die and go to hell, they're going to wish somebody had risked offending them. They're going to wish somebody had risked praying for them by name. What if we prayed as much to keep sinners out of hell as we do to keep saints out of heaven? Boy, what if we prayed as much that God would help us stay faithful as we prayed that God would give us favor? You know, this whole inner being greater than the outer... This whole asking God to do something inside of me. I'm going to tell you, it is a grown-up spiritual principle. But I'm going to tell you, somebody's got to grow up. Somebody's got to grow up. I'm going to tell you, as we go through this church prayer list, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Paul prayed uh, that God would increase our love, that God would increase our discernment. Those are inward things. We're going to find this as a pattern. 
But let me ask you, when is the last time that we asked God, I want your spirit to engage my spirit and do something in my heart? It's easy to pray about the hard. It's a whole lot harder to pray about my heart. But I'm going to tell you, church, wouldn't it be a great thing if God's priority was my priority? As I look at Paul's prayer list in Ephesians chapter 3, what did he pray for? He prayed that God would do something not just for them, not just through them, but God would do something in them. In them. What do we see on the church prayer list? We see an inward focus. But that's not all we see. Go back to Ephesians 3 and verse number 16. We'll pop that up on the screen. Read it in unison if you would. By the way, keep your finger there in Ephesians 3. That's kind of our home base tonight. Read it with me. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So not only does Paul pray for an inward focus, Paul prays for an intervening father. Paul prays for an intervening father. Verse 16 is and, and that he would grant you. Who is the he? Who's the he? It's God. It is God the Father. Verse 13 and verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the he? It is God. Specifically, Paul addresses God the Father. And he asks God the Father to do what? To intervene and strengthen this church according to his means by his spirit. Paul is praying and asking the Father to directly involve himself and to directly impart from himself to this church in their need. By the way, again, the whole context is inward. This prayer is according to principles in God's word. We know, Philippians 4.19, what? That, that God would supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So Paul is praying here for an intervening father that God would step in and do something for this church. You know what it reminds me tonight? We need God. More than we need healing, we need God. More than we need money, we need God. More than we need better health, we need God. More than we need better politicians, we need God. More than we need better schools, we need God. We need God. But can I ask us tonight? When's the last time we told him that? And when's the last time we asked him to directly intervene? You know, I, I got to thinking about this. As an earthly father, I stand ready. I like to think I do anyways. I stand ready. But you know, there are some things that I don't intervene in because my kids don't come to me. Sometimes their teachers tell me things. And I'm ready, buddy. I'm ready. One of the benefits of being at the school they go to, I hear a lot. But you know what? There have been times when I stood ready to help. 
But I didn't. Because they didn't ask. And I'm sure they thought, well, I can, I can handle it on my own. Or, boy, I don't know how dad's going to take it if he finds out such and such and such and such happens. Or, or I'm just not sure how to. I'm sure they have their reasons. By the way, we do too. We think, oh, we can handle that. You know, God, I know where you are if I really need you, but God, I can handle that. We think, boy, I don't know what God would think if I really brought that to him. I don't really want him to know that 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 happened, or I did that, or I thought that, or I said that. By the way, he already knows. As an earthly father, I stand ready, but there have been times where I have not intervened because I was not asked to. I wonder how often. Look at Matthew 7 again. Turn back in your Bibles to Matthew 7. Oh, we got to see this. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 11. Read this one in unison together. Look what it says. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that? I wonder how many times we have struggled and we have been weighed down and we have been broken and we have been burdened and, and, and God stood ready to intervene. He stood ready to help. He stood ready to reach in and meet that need and yet, for whatever reason, we didn't. But Paul here prays for an intervening father that God the Father would step in. And do what only he can do. Boy, church, we need God. We need God. Can I remind us tonight as well that God is a good father. He is a good father. He desires to strengthen and empower us through trouble. You remember what he told Paul? He told Paul, my grace is sufficient. My my strength is made perfect in weakness he is a good father and I'm going to tell you from God's perspective the hard again because we talk about the hard around us life is hard you can fill in the blank for your present hard whatever that is from God's perspective the hard around us is never intended for our hurt I love the testimony of Joseph turn back to Genesis 50 Genesis 50 Joseph, uh, near, the, near the end of his life, we find that Joseph, of course, he was uh, sold by his brothers. And they decided not to kill him. Thanks, bros. And uh, then he was sold by his brothers into slavery. There in slavery, he was lied about by the boss's wife. He was forgotten by fellow prisoners. Eventually, God raised him to a position of prominence. His brothers came calling. And they were one big happy family again. And then one day daddy died. And the brothers got worried that Joseph was only playing nice because daddy was still around. And they were worried now that daddy was gone that Joseph was finally going to get his revenge. I'm going to tell you, I don't know what you've been through. But I don't know that you could stack it up against what Joseph went through. 
Look what he said in Genesis 50 and verse 20. He's looking at the brothers who wanted to kill him, who decided not to kill him and sold him into slavery. He said, but as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. You see, some people intend to hurt us, but God, from his perspective, never intends for the hard to be to our hurt. No, rather, God allows and sometimes even orchestrates trials in our lives that he might intervene for our good and our growth in ways that he otherwise could not. You look at James chapter 1. Look at that verse with me. James chapter 1. Back into the New Testament. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. James wrote this. Brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, trials, and hardships, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so what is God doing? God is working through our trials and through our troubles and even through our temptations to do what? To grow us and to mature us. Apply it to our prayer life. I'm going to tell you this. It's not wrong to ask why. It's not. How do you know that preacher? Jesus asked why. On the cross he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's not a sin to ask why. Can I give you the more grown up question we might ask though? Instead of God, why? Maybe ask God, what are you trying to teach me? Maybe ask God, how are you trying to grow me? Invite God to intervene. Invite God to instruct. Invite God to work. The Bible says, Ephesians 3, 16, that he would grant you according, look to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. So God wants to empower us with might. That word might there, the Greek word behind it, is where we get our English word dynamite. We need God's intervention. And I think as our Father, He stands ready to intervene. But have we asked Him? Is it on our list? So we see Paul's prayer list. We're adding some things to our church prayer list tonight. Number one, we're adding that inward focus. Number two, we're adding that we are praying for, for an intervening Father. God, move in. I need God to do something. And I want to make this point, number three, We need to do so with an intentional faith. An intentional faith. Ephesians 3.16, one more time, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. What do you mean here, preacher? Well, this is the principle we've developed tonight. When God gives according to his means, it's according to his riches, his wealth, his means, and he has his spirit engage my spirit, something undeniable happens. When God does a work on the inside, something happens. It always changes the way I act on the outside. I'm going to tell you, that's always true. Now, 
Some force is shaping you. Some force is shaping you. All right. I got a balloon tonight, courtesy of the Middall family. And if I pop it, I got two more. Because you never know what's going to happen with me, right? So, I don't want to blow it up too big. They might send a, a drone come after me or something. <laughs> Pick it up on radar, right? All right, that's enough of that. Think about it tonight. Some force is shaping you. God wants to do what? The prayer is what? That he would strengthen us according to his riches, right? That he would strengthen us with might by his spirit in the inner man. Sorry, I blew it up too early. So you know what that means? That means God wants to put something in me. God wants to put something in me. And when God puts something in me, it shapes me. It forms me. This balloon doesn't look like it used to look like. It wants to grow me. Now here's the thing. Something is shaping me and forming me. You know what? There's a lot of Christians who are driven by their emotions. But I'm going to tell you, when the world presses on you from the outside, guess what? Your emotions aren't going to hold up. And this world is going to push you and pull you and bend you and twist you. Your emotions aren't going to hold up. You know, some of us, we, lie, we rely on our logic and on our thinking. And we're very, but here's the thing. Your logic and your own wisdom isn't going to hold up. You're going to be faced with situations where you don't know what to do. And I'm going to tell you, when it comes to that, the world is going to push on you and mangle you. And you're going to be all twisted and uncomfortable. And, but here's the thing. When God puts something in you, when it's... His strength, according to his riches, according to his spirit. Guess what? It doesn't matter what you come up against on the world. Because the world cannot shake and the world cannot overcome and the world cannot mangle. The world is not stronger than God. And when it is his strength within, it will withstand what is without. By the way, when you do it on your own strength and you get all whiny, this is what you sound like. That's what you sound like. I had to do it. Charles told me not to do it, but I had to do it. All right. You say, preacher, how do you know that? I'm sorry. You did, brother, you did. I was the outer man, yeah. I was the outer man. How you know, I'm putting the balloon away. How you know that, preacher? You know what 1 John 4, 4 says, right? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Look, turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to see this verse. This is a great one to mark down. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 16. 
Paul is talking in this about ministry. He's talking about suffering. This whole chapter, he's talking about the suffering that he's been through and the dying of the Lord, bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus in his body. And he says in verse number 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And I'm going to tell you, when God is doing a work within me, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Because what is within me will withstand what is around me. What is within me will withstand what's being done to me. I can face anything when I face it in His strength. Over in chapter 6 of Ephesians, it reminds us, verse 10 and 11, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. You hear me? It's not just talking about your boss or sister so-and-so or your neighbor or anybody like that. When we stand in the strength of God, we can withstand even the wiles of the devil. Psalm 27, the psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm going to tell you, when he puts something within you, it will withstand anything around you. But you know what? I'm afraid sometimes, what did James say? We have not. Because we ask not. I wonder tonight if we could add to our prayer list that our Father would intervene and do a work within us. Instead of just change my heart, change my heart. Instead of God take care of my grief, God grow me, search me, try me. Strengthen me. God, deepen my hunger and thirst for the things of God. God, break my heart for lost sinners. God, give me compassion and intentional faith. I wonder sometimes if we have not, because we ask not. But you know the great thing about our God is that he literally is but one prayer away. I wonder tonight what God would have you add to your prayer list. Father.